Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and we talk about the movies we've seen over the past week. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going excellently, Nick. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So polite. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, it's been about a week since we did the show, and I assume you've seen some movies. Yeah, well, of course it's been a week. It's a weekly podcast. It's always a week, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, yeah, so um, I saw two movies this week. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw in theaters. Oh, boy. I saw The Possession of Anna Grace. Okay. And then not in theaters. I watched a movie called Grabbers. Grabbers? Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched two movies at home. Uh, I watched uh, from 1994, uh, I think 1994, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, oh. which I had never seen before. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And Venom. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk about those movies. Um, but would you like to start with the the first movie you mentioned, which yeah, is the title probably, I've well- already forgotten? You know what? I'll I'll save that one for later. Since okay. It's got the whole theater experience built in. Oh, that means we and, have a preview oh, there's, corner. There's the preview corner. All right. Um, yeah. No. Uh, grabbers. I uh, watched this last night. Um, I was saw a YouTube video that was like a list of um, horror comedies, mm-hmm. and it was in the midst of that. You know, with. Uh, other such things as uh, Shaun of the Dead and, and stuff along those lines. Okay. Um, and this is a Irish horror or sci-fi movie that's also a comedy, obviously, um, in which the creatures that are attacking this kind of Irish island town um, can't they they uh can't eat people they suck blood and they can't drink the blood of people who are intoxicated so the people in the movie have to drink to uh to avoid being eaten by the creatures so it's a okay. movie in which there are aliens and lots of people getting drunk um overall this is a pretty enjoyable movie i'd say it's got a similar sort of charm to it as uh attack the block um with a little less grit because there's there's none of the gore or anything really okay um it's got its pros and its cons uh it's likable enough but uh the as i mentioned you know the people need to be drunk so there's a lot of people acting drunk who just aren't good at acting drunk Uh, Um, so there's bad trunk acting but the actors are still pretty likable. They've got a certain sort of low-budget charm to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really, really beautiful shots of Ireland. Um, and whoever's doing the, you know, f- directing the photography uh, did a nice job. Um, first, there were a couple weird things that were... What, what you doing? What? <laughs> what you doing over there? <laughs> Shuffling cards? No, I didn't um, do anything. Uh, you could really? probably hear my kids tap dancing upstairs. I don't know if that's Uh-oh. 
<laughs> maybe. Um, I so sat were, back were, in my chair. Maybe that was... Rhythmically. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sure none of this is actually anything that listeners can hear, so I just sound nuts again. Um, <laughs> so um, there were some weird things. Like there was a scene where uh, this guy looked like he – so one guy was like kind of pushing another guy or something along those lines. Um, no, he was dancing with someone. That's right. And it looked like he was having a heart attack. And it's a lot of old people. There are a lot of old people in this movie. Uh-huh. And um, and then it you know goes to a shot outside and comes back in, and the guy's just like just taking it easy with everybody. And I'm like, was wasn't he just having a heart attack? And my girlfriend was watching it with me, and she said the same thing. She was like, yeah, I thought I thought that's where that was going, uh, but it just doesn't. Um, and then there's a segment of this movie, and this is a minor spoiler. Um, but, you know, there's not really much to spoil in this movie. There's a moment where they're like, yeah, there's no way out of here. And then people just are out of the place. <laughs> so really? there's okay. no there's no explanation. It's like, yeah, there's fire blocking the exit. And I'm like, so did a bunch of old people jump out of a second story built uh, window? Because that doesn't sound feasible. Um, decent CGI. Uh, another weird thing. And this might even be all I really have to say about the movie uh, is that for some reason, the music uses the melody of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Really? Uh, yeah. And you wouldn't notice it at first because it's just this like Irish fiddle sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I paused the movie pretty early on and went, wait a minute. What is that? <laughs> I, was, like, kinda, I had to play it through my head a few times. I'm like, oh, isn't that many, many? I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and it kept coming back throughout the movie. So the theme of this movie is I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Um, yeah, and and I would actually recommend this movie if you're looking for something that's kind of a lighthearted, sort of fun, uh, just you know, nothing to be taken too seriously. This is a good one. So okay. check it out. All right, yeah, it sounds fun. Grabbers, it's from uh, 2012. Um, is it like a, a low budget movie? Uh, you know, it's it's a it's obviously um, you know all Irish. You know, it's not just set in Ireland, right? Um, so I I think it's fairly kind of indie level, but the CGI is decent um, and. Uh, it's it's pretty well put together. Like when it comes to like the appearance of it, mm-hmm. there are some moments where it seems a little like oh, okay, yeah, this this does feel a little low budget. Um, certain shots, um, but there's there's sort of a use of some kind of filter. It, it feels a little bit like um, something you might have on like Instagram or something that kind of over kind of overlays all the shots and um, it allows it to not look as funky, I think, as a lot of low-budget stuff does. Uh-huh. So so it, it bridges the gap pretty well. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of um, uh, a third movie that I was going to watch this week and discuss, but we didn't, we didn't get a chance to finish it, is this movie called Mrs. Claus, <laughs> which is a, a, a horror movie, or supposedly a horror movie. Um, and we watched about half of it before we had to turn it off. So, 
Uh, that's a, that's like stay tuned for next week's episode of the show where I discuss the movie Mrs. Claus. But um, your movie you sounds say, like it was done a lot better. <laughs> well, when you say had to turn it off, you mean because you couldn't stand it or because you had stuff to do? Uh, the twins woke up. Uh, okay. And um, and so then we we tried to watch it with them, but then they got scared. And then we realized that a, a movie with a murdering Santa Claus character probably isn't the best thing for children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they refer they refer to Santa as the Ho Ho Man, Ho Ho Man, and uh, and so like like Mrs. Claus comes out in the movie and she starts stabbing someone. <laughs> All right, yeah. So well, we were I look like, forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, we were like, let's turn this off. But it is uh, it is just terrible. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, what, what streaming platform was that on? I believe Amazon. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty just terrible. It's it's worth it's worth checking out just for this there's there's a couple of really great scenes at the beginning where you're like, "What am I watching?" Um but uh that brings me to my first are, are you all done with uh Yeah, yeah, grabbers? yeah, that is Grabbers. Then that brings me to my first movie uh from 1994 In the Mouth of Madness directed by John Carpenter. Uh, which is a movie I had never seen, but had have like always wanted to, but never got around to it. And I finally got around to it. It was a cool movie. It's starring uh, Sam Neill, right? starring Sam Neill. Yeah. And he is terrible in this movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's not, he's not super, super terrible, but he's pretty bad. He can't. Is he out of place? He's very out of place. Because that, that's kind of how, yeah. He can't keep his accent straight either. Uh, like he keeps slipping into the, the British accent that he that he naturally has. And like there are some scenes where he just has an accent and some scenes where he doesn't. And uh, it's kind of like uh, a little bit like um, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon 2, where like every so often he just sounds Australian for no reason. And... Uh, and and so he's just got this crazy accent going all over the movie. But uh, the plot of In the Mouth of Madness is basically Sam Neill plays this insurance investigator who, um, you know, like he uh, he he cracks frauds, you know, like fraud people trying to commit insurance fraud. And he uh, he's really good at his job. And then Charlton Heston hires him to find this author who is supposed to be Stephen King. Um, uh, it's a character named, it's a, the author of this like very popular series of horror books is named Sutter Kane. So they Stephen Queen. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Sutter Kane, Stephen King. Uh, they even make a joke about it where they're like, he makes Stephen King look like nothing. And I'm like, you're still making this guy sound like Stephen King. Um, but it's probably one of the best Stephen King horror movies ever made. Uh, this, this movie, um, uh, since the movie's 25 years old, I'm going to spoil it. Uh, and you've said you've seen it before, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So a, a long time ago, but yeah, go for it. So I'm going to spoil In the Mouth of Madness for everyone. Um, but uh, so Stephen, so uh, Sam Neill is, uh, is this insurance investigator. He gets hired by Charlton Heston for some reason is in this movie. And uh, Charlton Heston says, our, our big time author, Sutter Kane, is missing. We need you to find him. And uh, Sam Neill goes, okay, but only if you, if you let me bring this girl along with me who works for uh, Charlton Heston. So they go 
they go out on this journey and they start looking for a fictional town called Hobbs End. And it's like, it's just like how Stephen, you know how like Stephen King's books all take place in the same town. Yeah. They're um, all in Maine, right? Yeah. Um, this, 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 all of this guy's stories take place in a town called Hobbs End in not uh, Vermont or something like that, like right next to Maine. So it's like every, it's just so close that it's like legally different. <laughs> and, um, okay. and so they find this town and then when they get there, there's nobody around. It's real, real spooky. And like, they're like, Oh, this is crazy. How does this town that doesn't exist exist? Um, and then, uh, like the movie goes on and on. And like, uh, the longer they're in this town, the weirder, weirder things get. And, um, the one thing that this movie does really well is um, there are like some dream sequences where, where you're inside the character's dreams and it really conveys the, um, the, like the vagueness or the, the, the looseness of a dream where, where, you know, like if you're having a dream and like, you're just jumping from one scenario to the next. Yeah. It sort of flashes. Yeah. And it really, it really delivers that feeling of, for some reason, my kids are upstairs just yelling. I hear that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's all right. Um, kids got a kid. Yeah, I guess. Um, they've been quiet for the last two hours, but now that I'm downstairs, they're just yelling. <laughs> um, so, like, the, it's really good at, at at delivering that that weird sense of being in a dream where you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm along for the ride. And um, so the movie continues. Um, it gets weirder and weirder. Um, I think the old lady from uh, uh, what's the Adam Sandler movie? Oh, the Wedding Singer. The old lady from the Wedding Singer is there. The um, rapping grandma. Yeah, it's either her or from the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry Seinfeld steals the bread from the old lady. Um, huh. Like, you know, where he's like, give me the bread, right. you old Yeah, bag. yeah, yeah. It's a marble rye. Yeah, exactly. I think it's that lady, but I'm not sure. And um, anyway, so she plays like this innkeeper and like the movie continues and it turns out that the lady's like a psychopath and she has her husband like handcuffed to her ankle and she's torturing him. And and so like all of the like the vari- the various books that the Sutter Kane character has written are slowly coming true all at the same time while they're in this town. And, uh, and so then Sam Neil's like, I guess it's time for us to leave. Cause this is weird. And, uh, and they try to leave and he can't get out of the town. And, uh, and eventually what is revealed is we meet Sutter Kane at this like unholy church or something. And, uh, and he says, you have to deliver my next book. And like, he's like, you should read the book. And he starts reading the book and the book is what's happened to Sam Neill. So like, so like what we're watching is the, is the book. And then he goes, I'm not going to deliver this book. He's like, well, it's too late. We already made it into a movie. And he goes, what? And so then eventually he just goes to a, a movie theater and uh, in the movie theater, he watches himself as the story that we just watch unfolds. So he's like watching the movie we just watched. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of trippy. It's 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 a lot of fun actually. It it's an hour and a half and it flies by like you wouldn't believe. Like it is the fastest hour and a half I I think I've ever experienced. I was like this was great. It's funny to to have seen it and hear you explain the plot because 
I don't remember any of that. Uh, all I remember is that dream sequence feel and like Sam Neill running through a metal tunnel or something with flashing lights. Yeah. And one of those giant meatball tentacle things from uh, the, the Force Awakens. Um, crawling at him. They they try to do a bunch of like practical special effects, like from the the John Carpenter's The Thing, like with like tentacle monsters and like you know like like creepy puppets and stuff. It's not as effective as The Thing. Um, they they look actually pretty bad in this movie, but um, but yeah, there's like that scary tunnel. There's there's the the creepy author guy, and. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I would really recommend checking out In the Mouth of Madness. I had no idea that it was a John Carpenter movie um, until I started watching it. Um, it's just I remember thinking the practical effects were pretty good, but uh, I mean they're okay. They're it's not just not as good as like The Thing or something, right? And that's exactly what you compare them to because they look the same. It's like a head rising out of a body with like tentacles flashing all over the place, and you're like, I've seen this done better ten years ago. And, yeah, uh, but there. I mean, it's still it's still creepy and kind of cool. Actually, that makes sense because when you said 1994, I thought, "Wow, I really thought it was from the early 80s." So it also yeah. feels like it's from the like late 80s. Like, I wonder if this is a movie that was shot before Jurassic Park. I was gonna say it's crazy to think that he was in that after Jurassic Park. Yeah, and um. But like the fashion is is very nineties. Like the the suit that Sam Neill wears at the beginning of the movie looks like it looks like he's wearing his dad's clothes. Like there, it's just this oh, oversized, double breasted suit. Yeah, like like it's like a suit that he doesn't look comfortable in at all. But uh, totally worth watching. Is very cool. Very cool movie. Uh, I'll have to go back to that and try it out again. See see how it plays as a. I don't know. Older adult make me seem like I'm in my fifties or something, but considering I can't quite talk right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a, I'll check it out. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Cool. And uh, that brings us to your, or do you want to save your movie for last? Uh, tell you what. Yeah. Let's do that since it's in the theaters right now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and tell us about, uh, I can't wait to hear what you thought of Venom. Oh, man. Venom from 2018, starring Tom Hardy and directed by Ruben Fleischer. <laughs> this could go either way. It really could. Um, as long as Tom Hardy was on screen, I yeah. liked it. Uh-huh. And the minute he was off screen, I was like, this is boring. Yep. Um, like, I thought that the... Uh, uh, I thought that the stuff between him and Venom was great, but only when Tom Hardy was on screen. Like, like when, when the Venom costume like takes its full form, I was like, this is boring. This is just two CGI monsters fighting each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I guess I should take a step back. Venom is about uh, a guy who gets an alien super costume. And, and, uh, and so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's like, there, so the movie starts off with this, uh, spaceship, uh, coming back from an asteroid where it's collected samples of biological life. And for some reason the spaceship crashes and then 
and then like other stuff happens it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all no it really it really doesn't so like so like there's like four samples of this alien monster two of them die one of them escapes and then tom hardy who is like this down on his luck reporter gets uh invited into the like the super secret lab of this crazy rich crazy guy and um and and through his actions tom hardy gets infected with the the alien costume which is called a symbiote and uh and so then like that takes about 45 minutes to happen and that's it does take too long and that is the longest part of the movie i mean it's a lot of tom hardy and it, and 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 again as long as tom hardy's on screen the movie's the movie's fine i don't, I don't want to say it's great but it's fine well and and I think I think one of the things you're you're getting at there is that like it's really Tom Hardy's reactions to to the venom suit to the symbiote that yeah. are like really entertaining. Yeah. Like when he gets so like he he eventually gets the suit. Like he goes someplace he shouldn't go, he does something he shouldn't do, and he gets the suit and and the thing starts talking to him in his head and he's like, what is that? And it made me think about what you said about the movie, um, upgrade where, uh, where you were saying that the, uh, the main character is like acting, um, like his body is doing things that he doesn't want him to do. Right. And, and he's like apologizing while things are happening to him. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of that is happening in this movie where like the venom suit is fighting back against these guys that are out to capture Tom Hardy. And, um, and he's like apologizing while the suit is like ripping these people apart. He's like, I'm sorry. And then the suit is like talking to him and he's talking back to the suit. And, and as long as that stuff is happening and Tom Hardy's on screen, it's a fun movie. When when it's not when there's no Tom Hardy and and it's just the alien costume and whatever it is boring, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and and I didn't say this. I, I don't think I did anyway when I reviewed it. But um, the villain does not work. No, the villain like, is terrible. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the actor or if he's just it, 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 the idea of it's weird because he's sort of evil and maniacal but he's also like really eager to save people through this technology but he's also just sort of obsessed with the symbiotes like they're so beautiful and yeah it, it just it's i mean he's a, he doesn't work he's a cookie cutter villain where they're like he's like super rich and super impatient you know like they, they bring this alien back to earth and he's like begin human trials immediately and they're like okay and for some reason jenny slate who's one of my favorite uh comic actresses uh, she plays like the female head scientist. I don't know why she's in this movie, but it was nice to see her. Um, she's like, well, we can't start human trials. We we just figured out how to combine it with a rabbit. Like they combine the suit with a rabbit and they're like, I don't care. Start human trials. And so they start taking the homeless from from San Francisco and using them as their guinea pigs for for the, the suit. Um, and for some reason, Tom Hardy is friends with this one homeless person that lives outside of this grocery store he goes to all the time. And the uh, the homeless person uh, becomes one of the guinea pigs, and he and that's how he gets like sucked into the costume because he tries to rescue the homeless person. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's just like it's a it's a by the numbers like we have to get from a to b so here's how we're going to do it um we just have to get him into the suit and we're going to take our time doing it rather than rather than uh like like uh, the movie starts off with one of the suits getting away uh or one of the aliens getting away and i thought that that's what was going to find uh tom hardy like the 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 one that was like walking from malaysia to san francisco and um th- that doesn't happen that that's the one that becomes the uh the bad guy riot which yeah. i think is a real venom character but i don't know i don't know enough about venom to uh it, it, it is um and i only know that from seeing some other reviews and stuff that they're actually like there's basically a venom verse where there's like 30 of them there's a yellow one that's a female there's a different uh kind of oh man almost reminds me of um, green lantern you know there's like different colors that have sort of different different meanings kind of represent different things yeah yeah, yeah. um it's funny to hear you say that the woman who's the lab assistant is a comic person because it, it, throughout the movie she's like the most dead serious person there yeah i uh, i agree she's like wasted in this in this movie um there's a tv show on netflix called big mouth oh i love that show oh so do i uh absolutely she, love she it. plays plug uh, that now she plays the um she plays the uh the the smart girl not the girl whose parents are getting divorced but the um the hippie parents uh, the, the girl with the, the hippie parents. The girl with the glow worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Jenny Slate. Um, gotcha. So if you're wondering who Jenny Slate is, that's that's her, and um, uh, she's from Parks and Rec too. But uh, yeah, she's she's wasted in this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, Big Mouth is a great show. Check it out. It's really raunchy. It's, but uh, I feel like it's the most accurate representation of what it's like to be a teenager ever yeah it's pretty insightful um uh, what was the other thing i was gonna say about this movie um well while you're trying to remember i will say this about that and upgrade um if you enjoyed the interactions with him in the suit then check out upgrade because you'll get probably a bit more of that maybe Uh or maybe yeah i think a little bit more of it and a lot less boring filler stuff um it's not quite tom hardy because you just have the guy that looks like tom hardy (laughs) right yeah but um but there's there's enjoyment to be had um did you stick around at the end of the movie for the post credits scene i am sure i oh with uh woody harrelson yeah yeah um, I, I did not see that coming. Um, and then, and then like the minute I heard him say serial killer, I was like, Oh my God, they're going to set up venom or a uh, carnage. And, and then I was like, Woody Harrelson. What, right. What is this wig he's wearing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's in a Ronald McDonald costume. Yeah. It doesn't work. Oh yeah. I remember what I was going to say is, um, the beginning of the movie, um, starts out the way that Spider-Man three should have started. Um, so Spider-Man three also features Venom and the symbiote suit, but, um, here, here, uh, here's what I really wanted from the movie Spider-Man three. 
So Spider-Man 2 establishes the character of uh, John Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's an ast- who's an astronaut. And uh, in the animated version of like Spider-Man, the animated series from the 90s, they did this storyline where they introduced Venom by saying John Jameson is like on the moon or something or like an astronaut, an astronaut. And he gets coded with like the symbiote and he's the one who brings it back to earth and Spider-Man saves him, but gets like coded with the symbiote, uh, in the process. Um, that's how Spider-Man three should have started. Not, not, I don't have, did you ever see Spider-Man three? Yeah. Once. Yeah. Never watch it again. I agree. I did the same thing. Um, but like the symbiote shows up because Spider-Man and Mary Jane are hanging out in central park and like a space rock hits the ground and then like Spider-Man rides his bike past it and it like attaches to him. I'm like, you, but you took all this time to establish that John Jameson's an astronaut in Spider-Man too. Why wouldn't you use it? And I'm right. like, I mean, it must've just been budget constraints or whatever, but like, what a waste. So this movie starts off with. Like the first character they announce is like, well, hey, hang on, because yeah. I mean, if it's a budget constraint thing, I'll take issue with that because they could just put in maybe one less of what, like three villains that are in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a way to work with that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but like that's that's how the movie should have started. Spider-Man three would have been a lot better. <laughs> would have been slightly better slightly better if that's what they did because they would have included in character that they had established now i could have used a lot less dancing in spider-man 3 <laughs> or or maybe a little more dancing like maybe the problem was that we just didn't get enough dancing in Spider-Man yeah i mean maybe 3. it should have just been a musical um I, th- I feel like it already was. It would have gone better than the real one unless spider-man would have died or broken their necks turn off the dark uh, did you, I guess you didn't see that cause you're in Chicago, but I heard, yeah, no. I heard it was like, I, I know one person who saw it, like saw it while it was like still on. They said it was great. I like, would have been scared to see it. I've been afraid someone would fall on my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I had no interest in going to see that. I, I just hated the title, the yeah, turn off the dark, pretty stupid sounding. Yeah. But, but, you know, comparing this to Spider-Man three for just a moment, uh-huh. um, uh, one thing I will say about Spider-Man Three is the the black Spider-Man costume, and then when it actually would turn into Venom, looked better because it was there was I, I mean not when it had Topher Grace's stupid face sticking out of it, but uh-huh. like it 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 was more practical effect work, yeah, and it didn't look like just this slimy mess. Yeah, um, I would like to see because. This movie Venom was supposed to be rated R, and they chickened out on it at the last minute and made it PG thirteen. Yeah, and uh, if an unrated cut comes out, I'd be interested in seeing that um, because I imagine it's a lot more violent, and there's probably a lot more CGI blood, and that's probably about it. But um, I'd be interested in seeing that because this one. Like, like Venom bites the heads off of people and yeah, it's all off screen. There's a lot of language, but like they have the one PG 13 F word, uh, which feels really out of place when, when Tom Hardy says it, but like, it's, uh, it'd be interesting to see it. Like, this is a movie I would watch again. Um, uh, if you would like to see, cause a lot of the stuff that was cut from it was stuff that Tom Hardy actually really enjoyed the most. 
Oh, really? And if you would, yeah, yeah. Oh, he he was pretty disappointed. Um, and if you would like to see a pretty awkward moment, check out uh, th- this clip. Is it's probably in a few different places, but I think I ran across it in the "Your Movie Sucks" um, YouTube video review of Venom, where the guy that plays the villain and Tom Hardy are both being interviewed in some, you know, like that like room with a plastic plant and a black background and some guy sitting in a chair. Um, and, and they say something, the interviewer says something about there being stuff cut from the movie. And Tom Hardy starts talking about like, these were the best things. And the guy who plays the villain, who probably isn't nearly as famous as Tom Hardy and wants to be, I mean, he's somebody, but still you can see him struggling to try to, Go no, go see this movie. It's really good, uh-huh. Tom. It's it's they cut those for good reason. They deleted those because they needed to be deleted. And Tom Hardy's like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man? No, they were good." He's yeah. like, "No, no, no. You enjoyed making it. It wasn't good." You can see Tom Hardy trying to be like, like, how do I not like punch this guy right now? <laughs> Yeah, like the the guy who plays the villain, I th- I feel like he does a good job in the movie. Um uh like the, the actor does a good job. I feel like the stuff that like he's he's just a mustache twirling super rich guy, but um I feel like he does a great job delivering his lines and whatnot because uh I felt the same way about him with Tom Hardy where I, where if it was somebody else doing this part, it would be a lot worse. And uh so I'd give him credit there. I don't know about that. I, I don't think it was his acting, but I do feel like he's he's out of place. Like kind of like Sam Neill. <laughs> um, like oh, they should have had Sam Neill do it. Um, <laughs> he was in Peter Rabbit for a minute. Yeah, and they got murdered by a rabbit. Rabbit side. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't get the impression he's actually a bad actor. So you know, I'll give him that credit. But check that. I think it's like an eight-minute review. Check out the Your Movie Sucks review of it and, and see that clip. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, sure. Um, I think that's really all I have to say about Venom. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, the that's, first. That's great. Feel free to skip through the first 45 minutes because it doesn't really matter. Oh, the woman who plays his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend, she's uh-huh. she was terrible. <laughs> she she was just awful. Um, but looked cr- but she looked crazy hot as Venom. <laughs> like like the lady Venom, I was like, "Wow. That's hot. I'm into that." <laughs> Can we get some more scenes of sexy venom? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I that I feel like we missed out on uh, this is I just thought of this is um like the costume for Venom, I, like when it was fully CGI'd, I thought it yeah. looked okay. Like I was like, this looks about as good as you could expect. But but like they didn't do the the spider symbol across the chest, and I was like, well, me, I think I'm that had something that. to do with um with sort of the the rights um things that are sort of bargained into the deal oh really um that they weren't allowed kind of like how superman couldn't fly in that uh superman show smallville smallville um yeah i think i think there was something like that in the deal that they couldn't use any spider stuff you liked smallville right um i watched smallville (laughs) <laughs> um, it's not 
it's not any good. Like the the first couple seasons, it's got a fun. It's it's just kind of fun. You would enjoy it. Um, and I I think I did for the first two seasons or so. But it's got it's got sort of an X Files Junior feeling to it. But it's also got the problem of X Files, where it's like it wants to have an ongoing plot that just leads it astray. Uh huh. You know, when it's just like a freak of the week story, it's great. When it tries to get into some ongoing plot, it's all over the place. Okay. So check it out. I'm surprised you haven't seen it at all yet, and and I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I've been thinking about starting it, but like I'm like forty thousand TV shows behind now. That. Yeah. Well, once 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 it starts feeling like you start to go, eh, I don't know if this is very good. You just turn it off then. Okay. Just to enjoy the first two seasons or so, and then when it starts to feel funny, just let it go. All right. Well, that's Venom. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so again, I went to see the possession of Hannah Grace. Right. Uh, and here was my introduction to this movie. Um, I was watching TV with my girlfriend, and she said something about, oh, my God, I, I have you even heard of this movie? And I don't know if it was that she had seen something on the TV or what. Uh, but we we turned on a YouTube video. I think maybe she saw the, the review, Chris Stuckman's review, like uh-huh. saw the, the square, you know, that we could push to watch. Uh-huh. Um, and I think she was like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. So we turned it on, and Chris Stuckman's like, yeah, this is a movie. I didn't know it was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of got this instant census of, like, nobody even knows this movie exists. Um, and so I didn't watch the rest of the preview, or the uh, review, rather. I just went and saw the movie the next night. Um and I'll get into that in a minute because when I walked in, there were previews. Oh, preview corner! Yeah, I was really stoked at first because I was the only one in the theater, uh-huh. and like the previews were already getting ready to, to kick in. So I was like, "Cool, I got it all to myself," which makes sense at nine forty on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> and then like thirty people came in. Oh. It, it sucked. Um, and I thought to myself, who goes to the movies at 9.40 on Tuesday other than me? <laughs> um, but one of the great things out here, and, and this might be something in a lot of places, but Tuesday is like $4 movie day. Um, so I got to see this movie for four twenty-five. dollars uh, So I won't complain about that. Okay. I will, I will complain about other things. Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. So preview corner. Midwest Still- Matt loves a bargain. Uh, begins again with Diet Coke, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I miss the young lady. I liked her a lot more than, than the guy that's pushing it. He's like, yeah, Diet Coke, it's super good. Whatever you're into, be into it. I'll keep being into Diet Coke. And, and I was just, you know, this time around, I was like, is that really how we talk about things that we like? Like I'm into Diet Coke. Uh-huh. I think I think when you have a hobby, you're into it. But when you like Diet Coke, you just like Diet Coke. And when you like things that taste good, you like them instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that that continues. Was we'll it see. the same the, the, commercial as last time, it, or was it a new one? Yeah, it was the same one as last time. Yeah, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see that woman haul around that giant can again. 
See, see, maybe that's why she's not in the commercials anymore. Are you she's talking just about her holding butt? No, I'm talking about the <laughs> giant can. <laughs> um, all right. So before the actual preview started, there was a semi preview for a Peter Jackson documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old. Oh, yes. I can't wait to see this. And if I understand it right, it is a collection of old footage turned into a documentary and colorized. Yeah. Um, and it it looks very nice. Like You can... I, I don't know if I can tell it's colorized from looking or if it's just that it's definitely it looks colorized. real. It, that like it, well, it, I also I'm not sure how much of that's also just my mind knowing that this is real footage, and just knowing that it should be black and white because that's how footage from World War II is. Yeah, it's from World um, War One. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh! I said they didn't say anything. They were just like, we're going to remember these people. And so I, I actually didn't get any information um, other than the imagery. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I didn't realize that. Um, but I am interested in seeing it in spite of Peter Jackson. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited to see that. I think it looks just excellent. Well, you know, and I don't know that the preview thing even said when it is. Uh, I think it's just going right to video. I think it has like a limited engagement in theaters. Oh. Uh, and then it's it's going right to uh, video. It may already be on video. It may already oh. be available. Oh, I'll have to have to look into that. Yeah. Um, I saw another preview for Aquaman, and um, not much more to say about that other than it's just so much CGI color mm-hmm. that the when I saw the previews for Thor Ragnarok, I saw a bunch of CGI color and went, I want to see that. This one, I'm just like, man, my eyes don't want it mm-hmm. like it, it looks like the eye version of eating five cadbury eggs <laughs> oh, you mean yeah. one cadbury egg <laughs> no i can handle one Ugh. <laughs> um uh, but then i saw a preview for a movie called second act uh which as far as i can tell is j-lo stars j-lo okay um who you know still gorgeous um and she is Leaving Walmart. Um, it's It doesn't say Walmart, but it's pretty clear it's supposed to be Walmart. Mm-hmm. And she is going to leave there to become some sort of high, uh, like, you know, 25th story, you know, executive. And some of it's through cheating. Like so, someone sets her up with like, I'm going to fix your resume up and punch it up for you. And, and they just lie. But she works at Walmart is what you're saying. She's leaving Walmart to become a huge executive somewhere, which happens all the time. Uh, well, you know, she's getting out of there to go do something, but they lie, you know, instead uh-huh. of saying I worked at Walmart, they say, Oh, I've, I've, you know, I'm best friends with, uh, Elon Musk or something. Uh huh. Um, and it looks like the sort of movie that just does not know what it is. There's lots of nineties music and it's, it looks like it wants to be both a romantic comedy kind of feel, although I didn't see a guy, you know, or, or, or girl Mm -hmm. for a romance. Um, it, but it also looks like it wants to be really inspiring. Um, and just, it looks kind of all over the place. So not going to be seeing that one. Okay. Um, 
Oh, you know, and I was going to look up the names of these people. All right, so the next preview is called The Informer. The movie's called The Informer. Uh And it's got the guy from The Killing, uh, who if you've seen, if you haven't seen The Killing, but you've seen Suicide Squad, he's like the, he's the white guy who's telling everyone what to do. He was also RoboCop in the new RoboCop. Okay, yeah, all right, I got you. Yeah, so he's in it, and the girl from Gone Girl is in it, and Clive Owen is in it. And there's a guy called The Informer. Informer. And Clive Owen is in it, and then I'm pretty sure he's a rapper, is in it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, it looks bad, but entertaining enough that I kind of want to see it. Probably not in the theater. Um, I can't find it. I can't really oh, wait. tell you. I did find it. I can't really tell you the plot, but there are lots of guns. <laughs> um, and someone's informing someone of something. <laughs> uh, Joel Kinnaman is the RoboCop guy. Um, I'm glad we know that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I saw a preview for Happy Death Day to You. And I just, I got to see this first one because I, I want to see the sequel. Yeah, isn't that a remake of something? No, it's the sequel to Happy Death Day. It's a sequel from the 80s? No. It, Happy Death Day is a movie that came out a couple years ago. And it's it's like Groundhog Day, but the horror version. And she dies each day. And I haven't seen it, so I can't say much more than that. Um but it's been recommended to me as kind of a tongue-in-cheek horror movie. Oh, okay. And, I never even heard of this. Uh, and the preview for the second one, just it, 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 you know, there are certain movies where I see a preview and I, I have no reason to say there's anything in it that I can point to to say it looks good. Uh-huh. But just have a good feel. Like when I saw the preview for Hitch, I could not point out at all what made me think that would be an enjoyable movie to me. Uh-huh. I'm really picky about my comedies. Um, but I just had that feel and I went and saw it and I was like, that was exactly what I thought it would be. It's great. Mm -hmm. And then like this thing, I'm just like, I just have a good feel about you movie. So I got to see the first one at some point and I'll, uh, then I'll see the second one. I didn't even know either of these movies existed. It looks, looks intriguing. I think happy death day kind of went under the radar. It might've been like the time of the year that it came out, you know, maybe like a quiet season where nobody's really paying attention to what's coming out. It looks like it came out in October. Sounds about right. Which seems like when you'd want it to, but the main character, the main character, her name is tree. Yeah, I I did hear that. (laughs) And I was like, that's weird. Uh, and I thought maybe it's a nickname, but I don't know. Um, but it, it, it looks it looks like it really knows what it is and knows how to use it. Okay, yeah, I'm interested. You know, like, like some of the Final Destination movies. Uh-huh. I don't think all the Final Destination movies are good, but I think there are some that, like, really know how to go, okay, we know what we are, and we're going to really strike that balance. Right. So I, I have a feeling this is like that, and I may eat my words one day when this actually comes out. Delicious. Yeah. Um, next, I saw a preview for Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, which right. Is being remade. I just and found out about that. Yeah, and it looks. Um, I will be going to the theater. I'm not saying it necessarily looks good, but it's got John Lithgow in it, 
Oh, really? And, yeah. and um, Does he play the dead is better guy? Yes. Yes. Um, and it's got some really kind of creepy imagery. Nothing that's, like, new. Like, it's got people with animal masks and stuff like that. Oh. Um, but it looks still, it, it looks pretty creepy. Um, and I don't know. I, you know, I, I saw the, the new It movie. Yeah. Um, on a plane. <laughs> and because um, <laughs> I wasn't too eager to see it otherwise. And I was pretty satisfied with it. Really? So, okay. so I kind of have hope that maybe now is a decent time for people to redo old Stephen King movies with a little bit of, you know, distance from the original and kind of a more contemporary, you know, approach, uh-huh. um, or sensibility. So, so I, I, I think it looks good and I'm, I'm pretty excited actually to go see that when it comes out. Okay. Boy, there are two more. Okay. Um, I love preview so, corner. Preview corner is one of our most popular categories <laughs> or segments. <laughs> and to that person who likes it, this is for you, buddy. You're um, welcome, Kevin. Yeah, rock on, Kevin. Um, I'm gonna call you Kev. Uh, like so you call the big ticket. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I saw a preview for a movie called Escape Room, um, and it's got the girl from Daredevil in it. Uh, which, by the way, you know, R.I.P. Daredevil. It's canceled. Uh, um, for now, I got a feeling they're gonna bring it back on the Disney streaming channel. Yeah, I think they said there were some other things they plan on doing with it. I don't watch it, but anyway. Oh, the girl. Great. That's what everyone says. Um, the girl from that, who who I, you know, she's pretty cute. Uh, she is in that, and that's all I really know about her. And it looks it looks kind of fun. Um, so these people are trapped in a building, and it's sort of like a – it's set up like it's a really high-end panic room. But then it's like, no, this building's really trying to kill you. And um, it looks like a milder version of Saw. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. Um, Like it it might be pretty dumb, (laughs) but it, it, you know, less less torture porn. Less torture always. And that. And a little more, how are they going to escape? Kind of thing. So, um, I you know, it's is it's the, appealing to is me. Is the premise that they're stuck in one of those escape rooms that you can go to, like like you go to on like somebody's birthday? Well, I mean, it's an escape room, so it's it's sort of the idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's it's much more like if you saw the the game with Michael Douglas. Yeah. It looks like it's more that level. Okay. Where it's like very expensive, and they say at some point in the preview, they're like, each of these rooms has something to do with one of us. Which made me think, oh no, they're gonna try to make it smart. <laughs> but uh but at the same time it looked pretty fun. So I might go see that. Okay. Um and then I last but not least, I saw a preview for a movie called The Intruder. Um, which uh there's you have an African American couple who are renting a house from Dennis Quaid, and Dennis Quaid is a wacky old man whose wife must have died at some point and he seems obsessed with the young lady and like he's trying to steal her from the other guy uh or something and so he is like kind of he's like he's like the michael myers trying to kill these people oh really? um 
And I don't know. It looked. It it, it looks. It, it, there was something about it that had a lifetime movie sort of feel to it. Right. But I think that might just be how Dennis Quaid feels. Uh huh. I know. What you're <laughs> so so so, uh, so I don't know. It might be good. Um, so it's like whenever I see Dennis Quaid is in something, I kind of roll my eyes, even though I'm like, and I have nothing against Dennis Quaid at all. But like, like there's a baseball movie that's supposed to be pretty good called The Rookie, starring Dennis yeah. Quaid, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch. I don't, don't want to watch Dennis Quaid struggle at baseball. I have the exact same response to Dennis Quaid. <laughs> although, although I can't say I don't have anything against him because it does feel a little bit like, you know, mild hatred. So, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know how in, when we were talking about assassins, we were saying that Julianne Moore, when you see her show up in something, you're like, oh man, this is either going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. I just have the bad with Dennis Quaid, where I'm like, oh, this just doesn't, this doesn't appeal. Yeah. Um, and he's probably a great guy. So sorry, Dennis Quaid. I know you're a listener. That's. Did you ever uh, see the movie Frequency? No. Oh, Frequency is really good. Uh, it has Dennis Quaid in it, and it also. That's why has, I haven't uh, seen it. It's got uh, Jim Caviezel, and uh, Jim Caviezel's great. Dennis Quaid, not so much. But like, it's uh it's totally worth checking out. Frequency is awesome. Is Jim Caviezel a selling point to things? Uh, I like Jim Caviezel. I'm not sure I've seen him in anything other than The Passion of the Christ, and all he was doing was getting the shit beat out of him. There. Uh, he's in. I never actually saw that, and uh, I'm it's not, not a, that good. I'm not in the snuff films, but um, yeah. uh, he's in um, the. I believe he's in the Count of Monte Cristo with um, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, and that's an excellent movie. That movie's great. Huh, I did see that. And uh I remember it being okay. I liked it a lot. And uh he's a good actor. But like Frequency is totally worth checking out. It's like my, I'm going to say it's my favorite Dennis Quaid movie. Um it's a, it's about a guy who uses a ham radio and he talks to his dead his dead father in the past. Uh-huh. And like they're trying to solve a crime together. Um it's cool. Oh, I didn't know there was a crime aspect to it. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll check it out. Now, we, you just mentioned him in passing, but Guy Pierce, man, what a great actor who chooses terrible, terrible parts. Yeah. I mean, man, he has just been in some shit. All right. So, much like when I was at the theater, and I did write this in my phone as a note, I forgot what I was here to see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the movie that I saw is The Possession of Hannah Grace. Uh-huh. Which is a movie I didn't know existed until two days ago. Oh, yeah. Well, and w- once I saw that review, because, you know, I'm sure YouTube has an algorithm at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, like, five previews for it after that. And all of them were about, like, three seconds long. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they had the money to pay for more. Right. And cut off. Before the commercial even ended, yeah. <laughs> it's like the possession of Hannah. I'm like, all right, okay. Uh, even if I was interested I, because of this preview, I wouldn't know what I was going to see. I've seen those previews on YouTube, and I thought the movie was just called The Possession of Hannah. Like, I thought that was yeah, well, the, the title of the movie. So, I'll start with the. Uh, well, I guess I'll give you a plot summary. Uh, a girl gets possessed. Uh-huh. She... Is her name Hannah? 
Yeah. All right. She's young and a little too young. I, man, okay. I guess I'll dive into some of the bad. Um, you could feel free to spoil this movie. I probably will never see it. So she's naked throughout the entire movie. All right. And no, no, because she's like 13. <laughs> oh, no. But, but it, so what it means is every scene she's in has her covering herself up in some way. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, I don't care. I'm, I, if I need to see naked women, they're everywhere. But, like, in terms of this movie, it just takes you out of it because it's like this girl's always positioned in some way that's very strategic. Um, so I was like, why not just cast someone who's 20 and have it not be, you know, just be an older, if she's playing a teenager, have her be an older teenager than a younger one. Uh -huh. So that, and you can blur stuff out. I mean, you can use lighting. You don't have to like have her be twisting her arm just so that it covers things up and is really distracting. Uh -huh. um, so anyway, so this young girl is killed during her exorcism at the beginning of the movie. Okay. And I am going to spoil stuff because nobody should bother wasting their time. Spoiler alert. It's not good. Um, <laughs> and um, so she's, she's killed right at the beginning, but she's not dead yet. Oh no. And there, the rest of the movie is really not about her at all. It's about this young lady who is uh, a former cop with an alcohol problem who got a job at a morgue and it's her first day or night rather, cause it's an overnight shift and she's having to deal with this body that came in. That is this girl. Mm -hmm. And the movie is way too much about this woman. Um, it's actually, I don't think it's a bad idea. Like, I don't think it's a bad premise to follow around someone who's working in a morgue and has something really strange come in. But I think it could have been done a lot differently and with a much better actress uh, and done like, don't have it be your first day. Have it be, you know, that she's been working there for a while. And this is just an unusual thing. I think it would be a lot actually more effective to have her be creeped out in spite of the fact that she's familiar with things. Cause they have this stuff at the beginning of the movie where she's like, yeah, I'm tough. And it just doesn't play out that way at all. She says she's tough. She's, acting like she's supposed to be tough but then even from the jump like she's just nervous being there uh -huh. and it it doesn't it doesn't work well and and you also have her interacting with the few other characters who are in the movie who work at this building um because the morgue's like at the bottom of i don't know a giant hospital or something um there are security guards and she's interacting with them, and it's all like one guy in particular is one of those annoying sidekick characters. Uh huh. And so they're just doing all the same old stupid stuff where he's like talking to himself and making jokes and, you know, being a douchebag. And I'm like, this could actually be more effective if she knew these people and there were interesting relationships. And. I mean, like, I kind of want to go back and just rewrite this movie myself and go, here's a, here's how this could actually be worth making. Uh -huh. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So it began, <laughs> here are the bad. Um, and and I, I should acknowledge that 
about 30 seconds into it, I went, why did I come to see this? I don't really like possession movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't really know what possessed, oh, no pun intended, me to go see it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that I'll, I'll just uh, acknowledge that. But I don't think if you do like possession movies, this is going to do anything for you. Um, it, eh, let's see. <laughs> I noticed that this happens in movies a lot, especially since uh, The Dark Knight, um, that there are scenes where, like, someone's standing still on a corner or something like that, and the camera's, like, sneaking up behind them while they stand perfectly still. Oh, yeah. People need to stop doing that shot. Um, Although I think it would be a pretty interesting world we'd live in if people would just stand like that before they start walking. (laughs) Like, all the time, they just, just, like, this woman's at the top of a step. She's not at a corner waiting for the light to change or anything. She's just standing there. And it's like, okay, the camera's coming towards me. The camera's coming towards me. Boom, now that it's on me, I can walk. Mm -hmm. Um, There felt like there was some sort of setup for, like, you know, like, oh, this is used in the first act, so it's going to be used in the third act with this, like, check-off security card. Because uh-huh. they're like, you can't get in without this card. Right. <laughs> like, it made it seem like it's really important. And it's only important in that she has to open the door for someone. That's it. <laughs> That's it. She doesn't get locked out. Nothing like that. Um, and uh, it, throughout the beginning, like I mentioned, she's supposed to be tough. Every line someone has with her is like, well, you you know, this, this job takes a special kind of person. You got to have guts to do this. Oh, you got to be tough. And it's like, oh, my God, I get it. She's tough. And then the movie does nothing to actually show that. Um, let's see. Yeah, she used to be a cop. That feels kind of old. Oh, yeah, because uh, the reason she's not a cop anymore is because her partner got shot and she could have stopped it, but she didn't. Um and the payoff there is that she shoots this girl later, <laughs> like 60 the possessed, times. The possessed girl. Yeah. And even that scene, it's just more of the bad because it doesn't make any sense. She shoots her like 12 times uh-huh. and the girl's like still coming at her. But then she shoots her one more time <laughs> and, and the girl drops dead. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? And she's still not dead. It's just, you know, whatever. That that last bullet was the one. And it's not as though she was shooting her in the legs and stuff, and then she finally shoots her in the head. She's shooting her in the core, I think, pretty much the whole time, even with the last shot. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. Uh, the actress is very attractive, as, like, 99% of actresses are, but, you know, just not a good actress, so whatever. Like, there's one point, and she, she doesn't have great lines, but, like, there's one point where she's like, I want the drink and the and the pills so bad. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't sound like you want anything at all. <laughs> um, when she's just having casual conversations, she's fine, but whenever she's supposed to be upset at all, and it's a horror movie, so that's a lot. Uh, it doesn't, she doesn't do a good job at all. Um, there's a point where she goes, she calls security and she goes, there's a homeless guy at the intake bay. And their response is, we get that a lot. (laughs) Why? Why would there be homeless people always trying to creep into a morgue? Right. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, if you do have some sort of explanation for that, you need to throw that in because, um, no. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Why would they acknowledge that it's a homeless person? Why isn't it just, hey, there's a guy here at the morgue who wants to get in? Because uh, he looks homeless, I guess. In fact, he's not homeless. It's actually... <laughs> big spoiler here. It's actually the, the dead girl's father oh. <laughs> who killed her at the beginning of the movie. So it's actually not even a surprise because um, during the exorcism, she was like killing people and he was just like, fine, I'll just smother you. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. So he's, he's like banging on the door to get in and he's wearing a hoodie. So he must be homeless. Right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I noticed that the makeup was bad. Which it must be pretty bad if I'm noticing that. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, and the guy does as he's coming in. He he like the the dad. He attacks a security guard. He attacks the girl and gets ready to slice her throat um, to get her to. He, well, he doesn't try to slice her throat, but he puts the knife up to it and says like, "Shut up! Don't say anything." Blah blah blah. Uh-huh. And, and like minutes later. And he does stab the annoying sidekick guy. Like, he slashes his arm with a knife or something. Um, and then minutes later, the cops are gone. Oh, yeah, the cops get there and, and take him away. But, like, they're gone. And she's back to work. And the guy who got stabbed is back at work. Minutes later. And yeah, if, I get, if I get stabbed, that's my day. Well, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you'd be going to the hospital. And um, the cops would be there for at least, you know, like probably an hour, maybe uh-huh. hours. Sure. Um, trying to figure things out and record stuff, you know, evidence. Uh, they just, no, they just leave. Um, and then, like way later, one of the other cops says, well, yeah, we'll we'll find out such and such when we get him to the uh, the station. And I'm like, wait. You guys went to the station right away. Why, now that it's hours later, is he not there yet? Um, anyway, the, uh, the the possessed girl has mm-hmm. powers kind of like Darth Vader. Pretty much everyone's just getting like their neck snapped and you know lifted off the ground. Um, and I don't know why this movie's rated R. Maybe because of the kid corpse nudity, but it's not really there. Um, oh, it's rated R. It is. It, it shouldn't be. It should be rated PG-13. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that's different. I'm not even sure they do drop any F-bombs. Um, and one one of the things that... This does not make the movie worth watching. Um, but Well, by the way, this movie is only an hour and 25 minutes. Thank God. Because wow. it feels like it's about probably quarter past an, uh, two hours. Wow. Um the, the the weird thing though it's it's almost entertainingly strange is how badly done the uh kind of climactic build up intense scenes are cuz there's just no build up it's like even the act, final act it's like i'm going to push her in this oven i did <laughs> <laughs> like and there are a lot of moments like that where i'm like oh something's about to happen and it sort of did but it just wasn't it wasn't exciting it wasn't like the movie it's almost like the movie wants to brush past the the peaks that it's been leading up to the movie it's, just it's wants, really weird it just wants to end uh well it wants to drag out the other stuff so i don't know um 
and the whole third act is like the the father shows up uh, again because he breaks out from the police and he's like yeah she's my daughter here's all this backstory and here's how we kill her i'm dead and i'm like wait what (laughs) it just just it's like you sneezed and like half of the the plot just happened um it's it's really weird um if you're maybe having some drinks with some friends or something, watch it and just just notice the weird pacing. Um, okay, so on to the good. Here's the goods. Nice framing. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, yeah. This... You know, I know we're going to be putting things on our list in a, in a minute or two. Uh-huh. And I got to say, like, I thought Contagion would stay where it was because it was so mad that Contagion, which is like a B, you know, for me, it's like a B, B minus uh-huh. quality, thinks it's an A plus. This movie is an F that thinks it deserves to have been made. And that's, <laughs> I think the the first one offends me a bit more, but at the end of the day, I can go like, well, if you're going to be saying you're great, at least you're good. <laughs> this one, I'm like, you just shouldn't be in theaters. You just you shouldn't exist. You're not you. You're not a you're not a worth. You're not worthy of being a movie. Was it a? Uh, is it one of those Blumhouse movies? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to any of the production stuff. Yeah. Feels like one of their like movies that cost two million dollars that they make sixteen million dollars on. Mm, oh yeah, it's it's it. Like I said, the framing's good, um, and like the the filters and stuff make it not look so cheap. But there are, I think, two sets. So in, in terms, I mean, there are two sets. There are maybe five characters. Uh huh. And at one point, her sponsor, and I suppose best friend, gets murdered, and she never even finds out. Oh, really? Like, you don't see her discover the body or anything. And she gets murdered on a roof. So, Nick, let me, let me, uh, let me set this up for you. Okay. So, so you've got a, a, you know, pretty blonde lady, you know, like kind of like a final girl, except she's not going to be the last one, running taking elevators and running and whatnot all the way up to the roof of a building being chased by a little evil demonic thing runs onto the roof runs pretty much to the edge and then the the possessive little creature comes out lifts her up into the air and then what happens next um i want to say slams her into the ceiling and then into the floor no 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 they're on the roof oh oh yeah Um, she's she's near the edge of a roof with a with a telekinetic demon. Uh, what do you do with that? Throw her off the roof. Or you could just snap her neck like you did every other character and have her <laughs> fall to the ground. Like just, just just stay on the roof. No no reason to utilize this giant fall that she could take. Oh. Uh, that reminds yeah. what I just said reminds me of in Constantine where they kill uh isn't that how they kill Shia, Shia LaBeouf by slamming yeah. him into the ceiling and the ground over and over? I, I think so. Constantine's great. I don't care what anybody says. Me neither. <laughs> They're all wrong. They're all wrong. Um, so that was uh, the possession of Hannah Grace. 
All right. Apparently it's a movie that's out. <laughs> um, well, then that brings us to our most popular or popular news segment, our movie ranking list that you just uh, you mentioned. Matt, it's time to make a decision. All right. Where does Grabbers go on your list? I actually I had a hard time with this one uh-huh. um, because I couldn't figure out whether or not to put it above or below Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh-huh. Um, I will say I think it's better than House Shark. Um, but I, see, even right now, I did put it in here somewhere. Uh-huh. And, and I also am feeling like I kind of want to move Fantastic Beasts 2 up above Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Really? But as per, as per your rules, <laughs> yeah. that is not allowed. Once it's locked in, it's locked in. So, and it's a, it's a little bit difficult because this is like apples and oranges. Like, you know, a comedy horror movie is very different from like a fantasy action kids movie. Yeah. So I am going to split the difference, even though I want to flip things around a little. And I am going to put Grabbers in between Fantastic Beasts 2 and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Here's one reason this still hurts, because I do (laughs) think I want to see Fantastic Beasts 2 again. Yeah. And I don't think I want to see Grabbers again. But I will, without hesitation, recommend Grabbers. Like, I'm especially to you, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay. So I'm putting that at number three. Yeah. Grabbers. Totally has the title of the third best movie ever made. (laughs) Uh, And then your other movie. uh, Possession of Anna Grace. Anna Grace, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I was kind of looking forward to the fact that Contagion was going to stay at the bottom of my list as the worst movie ever made Uh for a while. But I just can't. This, This... uh, stupid contagion. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it was a it was a better movie than this. So possession of Hannah Grace doesn't even shouldn't even be on a list because it shouldn't have ever been made. <laughs> That's great. All right. Uh, if you want to see Matt's full list, uh, you can check it out on on Instagram or on uh, the Facebook. Um, and then uh, and then I'll do mine real quick. Um, what did I watch? I watched In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I um, can see that being a hard one to place. I'm gonna say I liked it more than Peter Rabbit, which was at oh. number seven. So In the Mouth of Madness becomes my new number seven. Uh, let me type it out real quick. In the mouth of. Oh, I, Madness. That's a typo. Madness doesn't have two Ds. You're right. I'll fix it. Uh, And then uh, the other movie that I watched was Venom. And Venom, I'm going to put below Mission Control. uh, Better than... Oh, geez. (laughs) Is it better than The Incredibles 2? Uh, oh jeez no it wasn't better than incredibles 2 venom is the new bottom of my list but i still liked it well, uh, we've, we've both gotten new worst movies ever yeah. made i think mine's gonna stick for a while yeah yeah 
Well, I think mine will last till next week when we talk about Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, yeah, if you want to see my full list of uh, the 11 movies that I've watched in the last three weeks, Christ, um, check us out on Instagram or, or Facebook. Uh, Matt, anything to plug? Uh, no, I don't have anything right now. Okay, yeah, I don't have anything uh, other than uh, if you haven't yet, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the show. Uh, it helps us in some way. Um, and uh, I guess if that's the end of the reel... We'll see you next week in film. See ya.